Hello, everybody. Normally I start with, what's up, everyone? But I decided to change it up this week. That one was a little more, like, intriguing. Hello, everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a new episode this week, of course. Maybe a new guest. No, that's not a new guest. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe the dogs. Oh, Laney and Macy? Yeah. And Tommy? Maybe Tommy will sneak in. Who you might knows? hear some panting in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Sundays at 7. Okay, guys, so uh, we have been on a little journey, and we hope that everyone is following along. When we thought to do this podcast, you know, we normally always have guests on, and when we thought to do this podcast, we were a little bit worried that because we didn't have guests, that people wouldn't find us intriguing, but we just wanted to, something that's really needed these days, just like we mentioned in episode one, is just simple Bible knowledge. And this is honestly helping me learn, too, just going through all these books in order, and so we just wanted to, you know, s- paraphrase. And, and this is nice to have, like, episodes that you can refer back to. If right. you wanted to think, like, oh, what's, I need to remember things about what Deuteronomy right. says. And yeah. You can go back to each episode and, you know, listen. Yeah, exactly. And so what I did want to preface with, too, is that a lot of information, me specifically, that I'm pulling from is there's this thing called the Bible Project. And... It's really cool. I'm actually reading this app. It's called the Read Scripture app. Francis Chan does it with his church every year. And it every single day you just have, I'm sure I've talked about it on the podcast before, but you have a little bit to read and you have like a video to watch. And at the beginning of each book, it kind of summarizes the book in the video and they draw it out. It's really intriguing to watch. But I just want to let you know that I'm am, I'm just referencing the Bible Project because I'm getting a lot of my information from there. And I don't want them to come at me like you're stealing all of our info. You know, oh. books are, it's in the Bible, so anyone can access it, right? Hopefully they wouldn't do that. Yeah, hopefully not. Anyway, so we wanted to start this podcast out by telling you the story so far, just very, very quickly. So God promised Abraham that he would make him into a great nation that led to the people of Israel. And these people were enslaved in Egypt and enter Moses, Moses, um, talked with Pharaoh and God helped him and they were allowed to, the people were allowed to go. They were wandering through the wilderness. They met at Mount Sinai where they were there for a year. They made a covenant with God. That's where Moses went up on the hill, on Mount Sinai, hill, <laughs> on Mount Sinai. And, uh, they made a covenant, like a simple term of this covenant was the 10 commandments. So it came down the, the mountain. He had the 10 commandments for like these rules that the Israelites were to follow, to continue to remain holy so that God could reside among them. So the covenant was made and then they camped outside the promised land because they were getting ready to go in and then Moses passed away. And so here we are. We've been all this way. And and the thing that Katen referenced last week is that there were 40 years in the wilderness. They were like wandering around and the trip was supposed to only take two weeks. Don't so, we all do that in our lives? I yeah. do that. I wander around and around and around. And the trip could have been a lot shorter. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so here we are. Moses has just passed away. They've passed the baton onto Joshua, which is one of the spies that Moses called to enter the land. And... Here's where we begin, Joshua chapter 1. That's right. So after the death of Moses, God calls on Joshua 
to lead the Israelites across the Jordan River and into the promised land to take possession of the promised land, which is what we've been waiting for since mm-hmm. Genesis. Biting my nails waiting for mm-hmm. this. So God guarantees victory in the military campaign and vows to never leave the Israelites. Oh. Mm-hmm. So the people are committed to Joshua. Mm-hmm. And this story is one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. And we've often referenced this with our small group girls. We talk about this a lot. Um, because I feel like this is a really pivotal story in the Bible. So uh, the people swear their allegiance to Joshua, and he sends two spies across the river to investigate um, the territory. Because the territory is not just, it's not, when when I think of the promised land, sometimes I thought it was just like a vacant land that was just waiting for the Israelites to get there. Like, no, there were people inhabiting this land, and they had to go in and take mm-hmm. it. Continue. Yes, yeah, so this was Jericho. So the men entered Jericho where a prostitute named Rahab hides them in her home Mm -hmm. and lies to the city officials regarding the spy's presence. So she says that there's nobody in her home and she's hiding them. So Rahab tells the spies that the Canaanites are afraid of Israel and it's a miraculous success. And um, she, because of this, she asks for protection for her family when the Israelites destroy Jericho. And the spies pledged to, because Rahab concealed them from their guards, um, they pledged to preserve Rahab and return to Joshua. And what's so cool about that story is that Rahab is actually in the genealogy of Jesus. And so what a redemption story of a prostitute, you know, being in the genealogy Mm -hmm. of Jesus. And what's really cool about that story, too, is, and this is kind of like, I actually still have mine hanging in my car. When we did this story with our small group, there was um, when the Israelites promised to spare her when they were going to take overtake Jericho, they said, leave a red, like, scarlet. scarlet yeah, scarlet red ribbon or thread thread mm-hmm. hanging from your door so that everyone knows i'm just going to tell the people like hey the house with the scarlet thread that needs to be you know left alone and she hangs the scarlet thread and it's like the scarlet thread is more than just it's it's their safe it's their safe zone it's god promising to keep them safe because they like rahab is a canaanite who has converted over to hey you know what actually that i'm not living the the way that god has called me to live and she's like i recognize your god and i'm going to help you mm-hmm. and so she has helped god therefore god is saving her and that is it's it's a promise like the rainbow after the ark mm-hmm. it's just a promise that god is never going to flood the earth again you know so mm-hmm. and i feel like this theme of like red or blood is like throughout the bible like the the passover with the blood right, it's like a foreshadowing yeah and then they're the scarlet thread, and then obviously the blood of Christ eventually. Right. Mm-hmm. So, what's really cool about the next part is that they are getting ready to go into the promised land now. So the spies have come back and said, "Yes, we can overtake them." They're getting ready to go into the promised land, and they're crossing over the river. And just as the waters parted for Moses when the Israelites were exiting Egypt the river parted so that the Ark of the Covenant could be carried across. There's a lot of parallels to the story of Joshua and the story of Moses and how God worked through both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just like consistent themes yeah. throughout the Bible. Yes, definitely. 
Um, after that, in chapter five, this is a crazy chapter, they were getting ready to go into battle with Jericho, and Joshua looks up, and he sees a man standing in front of him with a sword drawn, and Joshua asks him, are you for us or for our enemies? And the person replied, neither, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord, and I have now come. And Joshua fell to the his face to the ground reverence and asked him what message does my lord have for his servant and the commander of the lord's army replied take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground and joshua did so another parallel another parallel but what's crazy about this story is that joshua goes up with you know this i feel like a lot of people paint this story as like josh has josh are we like best friends now it's called him josh (laughs) paints him as this person who has this big ego and he's like are you for us or are you for our enemies when in reality, it's like God is like not on our side or on their side. Like we are on God's side and we are fighting battles for God. And the text says it really well. It, um, down at the bottom of my Bible, it has like a commentary. And it says, Neither Joshua and Israel must know their place. And it is not that God is on their side, rather that they must fight God's battles. I think that's so important because he kind of got lost in the whole, like, God is on my side and we're going to overtake all of these armies and we're going to take the promised land. But, like, we are fighting God's battles. It's a it's it's a fight. And that's, like, making us zoom out. It's a fight between God and evil, between good and evil, basically. Mm-hmm. And we are fighting not him on our side. You know what I mean? So, anyways, they battle. They um, battle Jericho, which we've all heard about Jericho. They march around the wall seven times blowing their trumpets and... Eventually, the walls fall down. And what's cool about... There's two significant battles when they cross over into the Promised Land. The first one is Jericho, which is um, a story of God's faithfulness to them. He promises them, you know, the walls are going to fall down. And they do. But after they go into Jericho, there's a man. And his name is Akam, I think. Something similar to that. And God says, don't take anything of Jericho. And the guy ends up taking something. And because of that, God has to be has to justify in their next battle. And so the next battle is the battle of Ai. And because of that sin, because that guy took that, um, whatever it was, a bowl or a plate or something, or it was something like something that. like religious, like religious right. item of some kind. Because he took that in the battle of Ai, Israel failed completely. And they found out why. They found out it was because he had taken that and that he had did something. He was disobedient to the Lord, basically. What do you think about the actions of one person leading to God's wrath on the people as a whole? That is crazy. That's crazy. That's just a question for you to ponder. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the answer. But it just, like, the whole theme here, and this was the theme, you know, thus, thus far. I mean, it's been the theme throughout the Bible is if we obey God, we will be blessed. If we are unfaithful, then we will serve the consequences. And that's what happened here. They were they were obedient to God in the battle of Jericho. God was faithful. They disobeyed in the battle of Ai, and they suffered the consequences for it. And that's, you know, basically it. Um, so they go on. Israel has more battles. They continue to win because they're faithful to God. And 
um, something that they go into a little bit is because a lot of these books, once you go back and read them, are very disturbing the way that they're written and the things that happen. Like people were being stabbed and God is saying, take out this, you know, obliterate this entire people group. And people are like, God is evil. Why is God being so evil? Why is he taking out this people group? Well, the main group that they like battled against were the Canaanites. And the Canaanites were known for um, like sexual moral corruption. They were doing all kinds of bad things and they were also known for their child sacrifice and so god was basically like we need to take out this people group before they destroy israel because that was another thing that he was worried about was hey once you go in here don't adopt the principles of this people group you need to get rid of all of that and so that it doesn't bleed into it's like one apple one rotten apple spoils a whole bunch you know what i'm saying and so god isn't evil he was just knew in the future what was going to happen if they didn't rid of these people. And so the next 10 or so chapters after all of the battles are basically Joshua dividing up the land. And it is a lot of, you go here to this boundary, to this sea, to this mountain, to this, you know, rock or <laughs> it's, but it's all, and it's, it's kind of hard for all of us to read just because it can make your eyes kind of glaze over, but it was so important the boundaries were so important for the Israelites, and they wrote them down, and they were so important for them to know. And then the final two chapters of Joshua are Joshua's final words. And so he has two speeches, kind of like how Moses ended. He's getting old now, and he reminds the Israelites of God's generosity to them. And then just like Moses ended in Deuteronomy, Joshua gives them a choice. He says, you can choose either listen and obey to God, and you will receive a blessing, or don't listen and you will be exiled from the promised land. And that's how the book ends. That's the book of Joshua. That's the book of Joshua. And that was a lot of information in a little amount of time. But I think it's really cool how Moses and Joshua's stories, I feel like, are so similar. And there's so many things that are the same. Like the parting of the water, the spies. He sent the spies in and so did Moses. The parting of the water, taking off your shoes because where you're standing is holy. And his final speeches and just how like we think about these people as these like like we talked about you talked about this last time we think about these people as like oh well, it'd be easy for them to do that like no they're just normal everyday people that like God has called to do extraordinary things and like these are two people that were just ordinary and God did a major work through them because they were willing and their hearts were open to accept that and to be on God's side you mm -hmm. know what I mean mm -hmm. I feel like one of the biggest questions that I ask in my own life and probably everyone else is like whenever th whenever I can't see the, the end of the tunnel, like, God, where are you? I'm confused. I don't understand what's happening in my life. And over and over and over again in the Bible, God shows his faithfulness. Like what he promises, he will fulfill. And like mm -hmm. the promise that he made in Genesis 17 or whatever that the Israelites would enter a promised land like that was fulfilled in this book and it took however many books five or six books to get there but we got there god is always faithful and if he's faithful then he's going to be faithful now even in my own life whenever i'm questioning like god where are you you know mm -hmm. like he's the promise over my life he's going to bring it to fulfillment and i just have to like be faithful and i feel like the the demonstration of the severity of his judgment mm -hmm. is also very significant um, and something that we don't talk a lot about in today's society, just like the consequence of sin, disobedience in our lives. And um, 
obviously it was different back then because God was just like, good <laughs> job, you're dead. <laughs> but I feel that like we still a couple times. Yeah, we still, you know, there's consequences for sin and disobedience in in our lives today. And seeing that so tangibly in these books, you know, creates a healthy kind of a uh, fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Oh. I'm going to bring up C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis um, in the Chronicles of Narnia series. Oh, I'm reading that. It's so good, y'all. It is good. It's good. I and look, it. I'm on chapter like six. We're talking about Joshua and I'm about to I'm about to make a parallel Let's here. Oh. And so it, a common theme throughout those books is obviously Aslan is, is a, dep- a metaphor for God. And so frequently they talk about how like when you're in Aslan's presence, you, it's, you feel a sense of fear, but not in a way like... Not in a bad way. It's like a good fear. It's mm-hmm. like a respectful fear. And I feel like reading stories like this of God's wrath should should be the kind of fear that that brings. Fear maybe is not the right word, but that's only human well, English the, word the I can think of. The fear of the of. Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's what the Bible talks about. Yes. And it's not that you're like scared you're going to run away, but it's just like... You know how like you like it's like a fundamental wrong and right, a fundamental what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. Like we have a healthy fear so that it like motivates us to do the good. You know, like we know we know that if we do wrong, if we are disobedient, then we're gonna be we're we're gonna have consequences that we have to serve. Or like we're gonna be exiled. You know, like it's a healthy fear that motivates us to continue to do good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not fear as in like I'm scared of this and I'm gonna go hide under my bed from it. It's like a healthy fear that like motivates us to continue to, because God's whole reason for the Israelites following the Ten Commandments and obeying is so that He can reveal Himself to other people groups through them. That's His main goal. Like He wants everyone to experience His love, but He chose this people group to learn His values and to learn how to be righteous and to learn how to be holy so that they can show the. They can show the, the people around them. That's his mm-hmm. main goal. Mm-hmm. So what's crazy about all of this stuff and what you just said about God continuing to be faithful and continuing to hold on to his promises, like he keeps doing that and like he knows we're going to sin. Like he knows that like, I mean, good luck. We're going into Judges and it talks about Israel's moral failure. They've just gotten into the promised land. They've just divided up their boundaries. They finally have like... They've been waiting for this moment. They've gotten there. And then we go into the next book, and it talks about how they've just completely failed. And, like, he he was so good on all of his promises through that and, like, knowing that they were going to fail. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Doesn't that give you, like, hope? Like, yeah. hearing these stories and then knowing the that the, the promise of Christ was still fulfilled. And, like, even when we fail and we do things that are stupid like all these people like his plan and his promise will prevail right continue to be there mm-hmm. well guys that is it that is joshua for you thank you for joining us this week it this is a short episode but it's jam-packed and so as always we encourage you to go back and read the book yourself if you have questions we are here for you people and you know who else is there for you god Jesus. both of them <laughs> Anyways, thank you for joining us this week for Sundays at 7. Hey guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to like, share, and comment all of our episodes or anything you see on any of our social medias. Thanks for joining us this week. We can't wait to see you next week. 